0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. My name is Glenn King. It is my great honor to bring you this podcast where we talk about the things that other podcasts either cannot or will not talk about. That is, things for mature audiences only. This podcast, well, it's a safe space. It's a safe space. You can say whatever you want to on here and it doesn't count. Today, very, very special podcast. We have with us one of the greats of all time. She was gone for a while, but now she's back. She is the great porn star Siri! Porn star Siri.
1: Hi. <laughs> Thank you for the applause. Oh my
0: pleasure. <laughs> uh, all right, so our uh, listeners, they have to like they're not good with their imaginations. They have to know what you're wearing in order to really set up the image in their heads. So what, of course. Where are you and what are you wearing right now?
1: I'm wearing super soft, like, pajama-style, almost, like, skin-tight leggings. Um, (laughs) You can basically see through them. Yeah. I I actually posted a little thing on my OnlyFans a few days ago of me, like, twerking in them because they're so see-through. And then I'm wearing a low-cut, crop, white tank top. So I'm dressed very skimply. It's also about 80 degrees inside my house right now. And I'm just riding that wave of, like, it's nice out and I can open the windows um, so I don't want to turn on the AC yet.
0: <laughs> so we can conclude, since you were wearing this the other day on your OnlyFans for twerking, and you're wearing the same thing now, that like myself, you have one outfit <laughs> for coronavirus my quarantine. quarantine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. My my quoutfit is what I'm calling it. That I, <laughs> I just decided. <laughs> I was
0: making a list today of some of the the good things that have come out of being quarantined or being on lockdown. Yeah. And so one of the things on my list is that it did force me to to introduce a second pair of warm-up pants into my rotation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, you have to find the silver linings. So for me, one of the silver linings is, like, um, I have been able to, like— Enjoy smoking weed. And I've never really been a weed smoker, but like I've just had like not a whole lot to do and not a lot of reasons to leave the house. So I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just like a homebody. That's so, a great uh, development. I've just been chilling.
0: Yeah, because um, <laughs> learning how to suck the air in and have it go into your lungs instead of down your throat is actually a very good skill that takes a while to learn. <laughs> Would you say like that like you've improved? At thirty-one, that? I'm
1: finally a real adult. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I definitely would say that I've improved. Yeah.
0: And then, are, have you played around the edibles? Do you have you figured out which edibles ha- are more powerful than your other ones?
1: Um. I, so I've only ever really tried one edible, and uh, I I got it in at a place in Vegas last time I was there. Because yes. well, I don't tell fans where I live, but I yes. I live in like the East Coast, but um I. Weed is not like decriminalized or legalized where I live, so. (laughs) Oh, okay. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh no. Um. Although it's not really prosecuted either, so it's like still in that weird, like, in between zone. Um. That a lot of states are currently in still. Um. So I haven't had a chance to do a lot of edible stuff, but I did buy these edibles in Vegas that are like. Um. The woman who sold them to me and described them was because I told her specifically. I was like, "Look, I know I have a low tolerance. I don't know what I'm doing." it's not uncommon for me to like smoke weed and basically have a panic attack. So I'm like really concerned with making sure I don't overdo it. Yeah. And she was like, I have a perfect thing for you. And she gave me these gummies that are supposed to be like calming. Like they have a good amount of CBD in them too. Okay, good. Um, and each gummy is 4.5 milligrams of THC. Yeah. Yeah. So I had two and I was like fucked up, like, but in a cute way where I just was like laughing really hard instead of rolling around on the ground inexplicably. Um, it was a fun time.
0: <laughs> so for those of you who don't live in a state where, where marijuana is legal, what happens now when you're in a legal state is that you get a label on every box, which tells you how many milligrams of THC. So for me, 10 milligrams is kind of the point where it's you know a little bit over and I'm really high, a little bit under, and I'm not going to be really feeling it that much. But the problem yeah. is is that they can only estimate. I mean it's not that scientific. It's not like – I don't think they have like a little – needle that they can put into each gummy and figure out how yeah. many milligrams it has. So I think when they say, okay, well, there's roughly 100 milligrams in this batch of 10, some of them could be 12 and some of them could be eight. And then some yeah. products could could actually, I think somebody was explaining to me that the, the THC can adhere to the, to the whatever it is a little better depending on what you're getting. So I've had to sort through mine during quarantine and figure out <laughs> Like I have a pazuki of some sort, like some kind of cookie cake. Nice. And it one piece of the cookie cake and I'm like forgetting who my own name and unable to complete sentences (laughs) and I just drool and and stuff, so that's a good one. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Um, my daily life has honestly become like, I still work, like I'm still working 50 to 55 hours a week, um, with social media, content production, editing, all that, my own podcast that I've been doing. But when I'm not working instead of like, cause it used to be, I would do that much work. And on top of it, I was doing all this other stuff that was still technically work related in between. But now I do have like more downtime to actually legitimately relax. And my thing has become getting just, like, just the tiniest, tiniest bit high and just playing Animal Crossing. (laughs) It's the most calming thing in the world. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what that is, but it sounds good. How do you play Animal Um, Crossing? It's – so it's a game that's, like – it's for all ages. Like, I think originally it was really targeted to kids. But it's, like, you live in a village of, like, a bunch of little animals. Like, the new one that just came out for (laughs) Nintendo Switch is, like, you own an island, and so, like, people can come visit your island. It's sort of like if someone – if you combine, like – the sims with um another popular game uh shit what's it called oh my god i can't remember um it's just like these like cute little like cartoony animal games for kids you know but this one is also very entertaining if you're not a child all right so we've
0: now (laughs) learned that that siri plays animal crossing so we're finding out all kinds of things about her today uh, and you gave us a bunch of stuff that I want to ask you about I want to ask you about your podcast I want to ask you about your uh, your social media and your content that you're making. Let's yeah, sort of yeah. go back to your your origin story first um, so you got the name Siri because
1: I chose Siri um, so I my background like my you know great grandmother on both sides are from um Scandinavian countries Norway and Sweden and then I also have some a little bit of Danish as well but just being super Scandinavian I when I was like thinking about stage names I was like I really want something that's really Scandinavian and so I literally just googled popular Swedish women's names and Siri came up which is the short form of Seagrid, which is another like a common name, so it's sort of like I would compare it to like Sarah, you know. Um, but it's a kind of a common name up there, and this was, of course, back in like twenty late twenty eleven, early twenty twelve, which was actually I, before Apple started
0: using Siri for their phones, right?
1: right. Yeah, it was shortly yes. before. Like I had chosen that as a stage name and like purchased a few different domains. Um, using Siri in them and also made my original Twitter account, which doesn't exist anymore, um, which, you know, originally it was Siri porn star. Don't follow that now because it's not me running it. I don't know who runs it, and I keep trying to get it taken down. Yeah, <laughs> But, um, yeah, real me right now on Twitter is the real Siri PS. Um, but back in the day when I had my very original Twitter account, this was, like, just short. It was, like, July 2011, and I think the – or, no, June 2011 or something. It was basically, like – a couple weeks or maybe a month before the very first iPhone with Siri came out. So yeah, I like yeah. barely beat it. I had no idea, of course, that that was going to happen. It was just like this weird coincidence. And then it came out and I was like, what the hell? Uh, but, you know, here we I, are. I suspect,
0: I mean, Apple is somewhat litigious or litigious. Uh, if yeah. they, if you had actually come out after them, they might have come after you or sent you a cease and desist. But they probably did the research. It was probably easy for them to go- to look at your uh, Twitter account
1: and yeah, see that you had imagine. started it
0: before uh, before them. So that's yeah, probably why they left you alone. But-
1: well, I also say like now that the Alexa has been out for a while, it's like Google or sorry Amazon chose to name Alexa device the way that they did, knowing full well that Alexa is a name that a lot of people have. So like what what about the people who are named Alexa? And that's a little weird and inconvenient, so I don't think of it as being any different. Like Siri just happens to be a really uncommon name for people in North America, but in other parts of the world it is more common. So Yeah, I've got an Alexa like in my
0: car, which is a really cool device, but a lot of times I'll be having conversations with somebody and then somebody's name has to be said you know like we were we have alexis fox on our calendar and it's like i'm trying to explain to somebody that yes well we have alexis and and meanwhile the car keeps interrupting constantly oh god say i don't understand what you're saying and it's it's like you know know, really they screwed up on that one but when they came out with it they kind of promised us that they were going to uh get it to the point where we could choose our own code word And I don't know why they never got to that. It must have been – they must have discovered it would just be too much uh, to have every – because I think they store all that on the cloud and they probably figure that, well, having like 10 million people's code words on there is going to get to be too much.
1: Yeah, that sounds stressful and like too much to promise. So <laughs> well apparently. All right, so you you picked the name Siri and this was 2011
0: and you got into the industry. Mm-hmm. Did you go right at that time, I think the only route to get into the industry was just to find an agent and and get started that way, right?
1: That's exactly true. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, I think nowadays it's a lot easier to get started without having an agent, but this was, you know, back in early days of social media. Twitter was popular, but not super like People hadn't really figured out how to use that. This is back when Instagram had like the old, old style Instagram where like there was no Explore page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like features were really, really limited. So like, because I remember working my ass off to get up to like 30k followers on Instagram in the first couple years of, and, and it took a couple years, like two years in the porn industry, to get that many. Um, so it was just a different era. And because social media wasn't recognized as being important by as many like adult companies, I don't think so. Not compared to now. Right. right. Um, so it just wasn't. You couldn't really get a lot accomplished on your own via social media. You know. So I started out with an agent, um, and I was with that agency for not even a whole year. Um, before I fired my agent, and then there was like a okay, whole wait, bunch. Wait, wait. Of, like, but how did you find this agent?
0: Uh, did you did you
1: tell <laughs> I, us the story there? found so my former agent was uh LA Direct they're still around yes. um but embroiled in controversy yeah no they they <laughs> uh, have a labor is, uh, board
0: yeah dispute going on right now and 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 Derek <laughs> hey uh who is the the guy in charge actually uh had ch- charges filed against him and he yeah um did go and turn himself in recently and then this thing will be He'll get his day in court. He'll he'll get his day yep. in court. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, yep. But okay, so you found L.A. Direct
1: and Just online. And, yeah, I literally went because so from my perspective, I was blindly going into it pretty much. I didn't really know anyone who is an established performer in the adult industry. I knew some people who were like adjacent to the industry, but they couldn't really give me better advice than I could. Essentially, like. Figure out on my own by doing a whole lot of research online. So after doing a lot of research, different agencies, I was like, okay, well, here's the short list of the ones that definitely seem more credible. But I went with LA Direct because they seemed like one of the more credible agencies, had a better website, which is like, okay, if you're putting money yeah. into having a good website, that's a good sign. Um, and then yeah. because they just had, at the time, it was like, you know, Allie Hayes, yes. Tori Black, yes. they Alexis had Texas. Girls like that had were like winning awards, the names.
0: girls that were the elite ones in the industry were with L.A. Direct back in 2011, yeah. 2012. And many of them, yeah. and that's still in the case in some cases there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so, I uh, mean, I, like,
0: I know you're a researcher. I know you wouldn't have just, like, randomly picked them. So you you, yeah. you went through and saw, hey, all these hot girls are there, so this must be the best mm-hmm. way to go. So then what happened? Did you actually fly out and interview with them first, or did they, they go ahead and sign you, and then you came out uh, and, and met them?
1: I had fully, well, I was like, I'm moving out there no matter what. Like, this is what I want to do. I'll figure out a way to make it work. So I, like, packed everything up, moved to California, and then, you know, the first agency I contacted was LA Direct, and okay. had a sit-down appointment with Derek Hay. More or less like an interview, you know. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, he might have told me like come back in a. I don't even remember. We might have had two meetings, but I mean, he essentially signed me on the spot yeah. for like a year contract. How many years? Uh, one year. Just it one. Okay,
0: that's good. I think it
1: it might have been two. I'm I'm having a lot of trouble honestly remembering. Like that that was one of the, the contract that I signed it ended up being one of the issues of you know, that I had when I eventually fired him as my agent. Yeah. So yeah. there's
0: been, I mean, that's, that's been the, the focal point of many labor disputes with, um, with direct models is that they have yeah. in the past signed talent to three and even five year contracts. Yeah. And the model is already sitting in the office at that point, And it's difficult, you know, he's, he's sort of very intimidating, in oh, yeah. series, now, just sign of the, most... the contract. Surely you do not wish to ruin your career so early in your career. And you know, you're like, oh, okay. No, no, no. I'll just sign it. Yeah.
1: No, he... Uh, I'm so glad that I never have to... And look, like... I don't have the highest opinion of him as a person, sure. <laughs> and I know that there's plenty of women in the industry who have, you know, worked with him and been like, "Okay, I didn't ever have like any major problems." And that's that's fine. My experience was that I was like, "Wow, he like doesn't have an ounce of respect for me. He constantly talked down to me. He treated me like I was an idiot. Like he had a problem with the fact that I was married and made it very clear with his body language and everything to my ex." Which I'm also not a fan of my ex, so (laughs) that may have been deserved. Right. But at the time, I, I was like, everything about this man makes me incredibly uncomfortable. He's like a bully, really.
0: Yeah, I feel like Derek uh, is a good agent. a
1: manipulative person
0: <laughs> for for talent who really needs to be bullied. I guess is the it's the wrong way for me to say it, but there are some <laughs> talents who cannot People get who to self sufficient. I guess yes, they're not self functioning. <laughs> they need somebody to send a driver to get them to set every time. They need to be reminded an hour before they're supposed to leave, and then twenty minutes before they're supposed to leave. Uh, they need to be yelled at when they're late, that kind of thing. For that purpose, yeah. he's a good agent, and he's been able to get talent uh, to get good scenes out of talent that otherwise would never have left their marijuana haze apartments. So there's the good <laughs> side. But for you, I can see that it would have been a clash. Uh, from oh gosh, it was and,
1: a total personality clash. It was yeah. just such a bad combination, you know. And he he re- he knew it too. Like it wasn't, you know, which you think is ultimately why, even though. You know, we had, we'd never really saw eye to eye and when eventually I, the the thing, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was that I had some producers who I had already worked for in the past, booked through my agent. I had some producers, uh, contact me directly, you know, Mm -hmm. um, saying, Hey, are you available to work? Because I'm trying to book you and your agent saying you're not, Yeah, but I most definitely was. So that's where (laughs) I was like, like, This is a problem. Like, the contract I signed says that this person, my agent books me work, yet I'm being asked for specifically by name, and he's telling people I'm not available, which is not correct. So That is a problem. I confronted him with that. He was like, he denied it, you know. So that's basically the experience I had mirrored a lot of what they experienced. And I just got fed up with it to the point where I was like, you know, I if you're not going to book me for this stuff anyway, I'm just going to book it myself directly. Like take me off the way we- he wouldn't take me off the website though. Cause he was like, well, you signed a contract. So your photo is <laughs> going to be on this website for the next year. And I was like, okay, if that's, if we can just reach an agreement on that, like, yeah. you know, I know that I signed the contract, but like you're not doing your part of it either. So if you just want to leave my face on your website, go for it. Sure. But so <laughs> and that's did- what he did, but he didn't really, there were at first, he was so pissed at me about it that there were a few producers he tried to intimidate and then not hiring me, you know, like saying like, yeah. oh, if you're going to book with Siri directly, then I'm not going to let you hire any of my other girls. Yeah. And then they'd like be shaking in their boots about it. And I was like, look, he's not going to do like, there's no way he's going to do that.
0: Right. <laughs> just because he just he it. loves every dollar, every nickel that comes in. If he would, yeah. if he would ban you from booking from him then he would lose out on the money and that is you know he would
1: just never do, that. Never do so that so I, that, that. I i was like that's an empty threat like yeah. you know he told me he was going to blacklist me and i was like good luck like that didn't happen either so
0: Well you were very popular at the time extremely popular That's true popular, i had the advantage so. of
1: being in demand already Right so not everyone in my position could have said that and actually gotten a good result i just was like fortunate that everything was kind of perfect at the time Yeah But it was very, it was stressful. Yeah, and and so
0: you just, you know, I'm sure I shot you a bunch of times at the time. But what did we do? Did we book you directly then, or um, did you go to another agent? We booked you directly. Okay.
1: We yeah, we always book directly. I mean, I don't think there was anything really after that point that I booked through Derek. I think, you know, there might have been something for a large, like one of the really big companies, like Digital Playground, that just they like would only do it through him. And I was like, okay, fine. But <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but it was nothing. I mean, like the vast majority of all my shoots at that time were just things I booked myself. And now that I've come back, I went straight back into booking myself. Had had I've had zero issue with it. Sure. Well,
0: I mean, I think that's one of the ways that times have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are a lot more independent talent right now out there that are doing just fine. Oh, so many, yeah. And then yeah, what, way uh, more common. Yeah, so let's get into that. You went away for a while, and then you came mm-hmm. back. Were you, in fact, in prison? Let's let's just <laughs> clear up that rumor if there is such a thing right now. Where were I you? I
1: know. Like, the number of people I shanked alone is just <laughs> shameful. Uh, because, yeah, so, you joined a gang
0: in prison, and then I know you had to be their enforcer or something like that. So yeah. that would make sense. Yeah,
1: Yeah, you know, I had to bowl people over. Yeah. Um, so... I was not in prison. Um, no, I just, I just moved, um, away from LA and wanted to, well, so let me also clarify that, like, for me, I wasn't looking at it like I'm taking a break. It was very much, I'm, I'm done with this and I'm leaving for good. You know, that was my perspective. That was what I said. I made like a short YouTube video where I said, like, I'm retiring, and uh, so that was five years ago. And since then, I just worked normal civilian jobs, um, had a couple different boyfriends, <laughs> uh, just normal, normal stuff, like, you know, really completely in every way abandoning the adult industry. Like, well, to, there, there are two uh, things
0: that prove it. Number one, you released your Twitter uh, accounts.
1: Yeah, which is how someone else has my old Twitter handle now. Yeah. And then number <laughs> so two, you started dumb, a
0: podcast called Life After Porn. So therefore, you were really retiring. You were really getting um, out of this.
1: Small correction. The podcast is After Adult. Oh, sorry. Um, now, I think th- I think that there is like, isn't there a TV? There's, well, there's After Porn Ends. And then I think there might be a separate like unrelated documentary or something called Life, Life After Porn. So, which is funny because I was aiming for something like those but from a very like specific like a storytelling personal perspective yeah so that was originally what my podcast was when it started out um it's just afteradult.com, if anyone wants to check that out all my twitter links and uh links to listen to the show are there but no, if you if you go on yeah go on uh, um, apple podcasts
0: or itunes and just search on after adult and it comes right up it's it's actually uh, a very highly rated podcast
1: it is. We need more ratings, so listen to it and rate it. Yeah. <laughs> but among the ones we have, it is highly rated. Um, so I started out doing that and that was like a year and a half ago, or yeah. it'll be two years this summer that I started the podcast. Yeah. And it was just because I was at this time where I like had worked a very like customer servicey civilian job for a couple years. I left that job. Um I my ex boyfriend that I was with dumped me. (laughs) It was my first time ever being dumped. I've always been the dumper, not the dumpy. (laughs) So it put me in a really weird, like mental state. And I just like, was reassessing everything in my life. And I was like, what do I want to like, what do I feel like is important? You know? And finally, I kind of came to terms with, I feel like it's more, it's important for me to start talking about my experiences in the porn industry because there aren't very many people who are, have that opportunity Her, or, or well like who have the knowledge that I have but, but who are willing to talk really openly about it in a way that like people who aren't in the porn industry can, can listen and understand what's going on
0: yeah doing a so podcast kind of is goal. very therapeutic really I, I to me it's oh, yeah. the reason I do it is it just gives me a a, a platform
1: it's a great outlet yeah yeah, that was kind of why I started it too. It was like I need I have shit that I needed to process related to that. And it's kind of interesting. I always give people a warning if they're like if I know they're going to go listen to my podcast, I give them a warning. I'm like really be careful like the first couple episodes. <laughs> And, like, just hang in there because it's a little rough. Like, first of all, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. And technically still I don't when it comes to sound engineering. I just do my best and I've gotten a lot better. But the first couple episodes, like, the sound quality is weird. I don't know what the hell my editing is super weird. And then also I say some shit that's just, like, patently not correct anymore. <laughs> so, like, in the first or second episode would I say something about, like, wanting to just be monogamous. Yeah. Which is not true. Like I'm, <laughs> but also again, we got to go back to like that was we me changed. having no, just yeah. gotten dumped yeah. from someone I was dating for like a year and a half. Yeah, and I was in such a I think I was just like real sad about having been dumped, and I just was like, oh, I just want like a boyfriend. No, I don't, because then I was single for like six months and then started dating someone. And now I'm like back into polyamorous relationships.
0: <laughs> hey, that's we, like my we default. Change. I, I mean, if you, <laughs> yeah. if you go back and you look at, you know, like you took down your Twitter, but if you did, you like if I could figure out how to go back and look at my Twitter from 10 years ago, I'm sure there are lots of statements I made back then that just aren't correct anymore. Uh, yeah. So, oh my gosh. I mean, that's how we, we so, all are as we go through different phases tough. of life. And you're still, especially you who uh, uh, you're, what are you, uh, 30 now, I think you said, 31? Yep, 31. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very dynamic phase of life. 20 through 40 is, like, just very dynamic with constant changes of where you want to go and your personality and so on. When you're my age, you know, I'm over 50 at this point. I mean, like, life is so stable that I haven't even noticed that we're under coronavirus lockdown. Uh, Like, I wasn't going (laughs) anywhere anyway. I'm doing the same routine I was. (laughs)
1: that's sort of how i feel i was I, w- I was traveling the week before all the lockdowns started in earnest and that was scary i almost got like stuck in new orleans Ooh, but uh yeah, you know wow. had a great week in new orleans before i made it home just in time <laughs> and you didn't get any symptoms when you came home so that's good no i've been home for more than 2 weeks and never had a symptom so i think i'm probably clear at this point good yeah i kind of yeah, like it to be honest i feel
0: so. like this whole thing to me I mean, obviously, I hate all of the people knowing that people are getting sick and they're they're dying and all the negative stuff. But like when I go to the grocery store now, people give me space. Nobody stands in line right behind me, kind of breathing <laughs> down my neck. Uh, the the personal space is, is like personal yeah. space. I went to the park yesterday with my dog and was under 100% no obligation to talk to anybody, which is very nice. Sometimes I just yeah. you know just want to have my headphones on and. Listen to my music and throw the ball for my dog, uh, and I don't have to shake hands with people anymore. I'm real happy about that. Some people I like uh, to hug and shake uh, hands yeah. with, but for the most part, I don't know where their hands have been. Like I don't know that people wash their hands. And now I think yeah. from going forward, handshaking I think is going to be done. The elbow tap I think is going to be the new uh, the new thing.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of handshaking. And like I had to keep telling that to people at AVN when I was signing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. A fan would, and I would. Elbow bump and be like, hey, like just germs. I'm not. I'm. It's not personal.
0: <laughs> just, well, yeah, not
1: gonna shake hands.
0: If and I tell you, it, a lot of people. The theory is that we already got coronavirus in our industry, which makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Surely there were people from China at the AVN show, and everybody at the AVN show hugs, kisses, uh, shakes hands, squeezes. There's just personal contact that goes between everybody and everybody. And it, it may be that our entire industry, whom a lot of them had symptoms very similar to coronavirus in late January after the AVN show, um, it may be that the whole industry already went through it and we're the key to solving this because they just need to check our blood for the There uh, we go. For the, immunity. The, the
1: porn people are the key.
0: Yes. The porn people can save the world. <laughs> and that'd be great. Um, well, I want to ask you more about uh, your comeback and what scenes you've done. But first, I need to tell our listeners about... Our sponsor, Sex Panther. Are you on Sex Panther? Woo!
1: I am. Great. I love
0: Sex Panther. Wonderful. Okay, so by now you have been listening to this podcast for roughly twenty-eight minutes or so. You've fallen in love with Siri. You want to get to know Siri. You can see how intelligent she is and well-spoken, and so you want to know more about her. How do you do that? Not by sending your dick pic in a DM to her. No, you do it by going on Sex Panther. That's S-E-X-T. P-A-N-T-H-E-R dot com. And there you can get Siri I'm on it right now. She's on it right now. She hasn't been paying attention to this entire podcast. She's actually been sexting and communicating (laughs) with fans. which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. You're multitasking. That's good. Uh, So you can actually get Siri's phone number for free. Is that right? Is your phone number free on there? It is free. Free. So there you get the phone number for free. And then there's different rates on there for exchanging pictures with her, exchanging vi- videos with her,
1: talking to her on the phone. Do you talk to your fans on the phone? I don't do the phone thing, but that's because and it's going to sound really ironic since I'm literally on like basically a phone call podcast right now. But um, I, I have a phobia. Yeah. I want to say yes. I, I'm not. A, I don't like doing phone. I well, I hate phone sex. Yeah, um, yes. And I'm also bad at it. So no. Yeah, I have fans who will text me on Sex Panther, and then when I'm like, no, I don't have the phone enabled on purpose, like I don't I don't like to do it. Yeah. And then they're like, well, how do I know I'm really talking to you? And I'm like, well, it's a verified thing. Like, I guarantee you, it's me. I don't have an assistant. I don't have anyone that I employ. I literally you do all of my own yeah. things. I don't have people. I don't so know people. you're talking to me, but yeah, so –
0: <laughs> so there you go you can actually talk to the real siri you're not going to talk to her on the phone but you can exchange pictures and text with her uh all kinds of great
1: stuff and um and so the it's your great- um, nintendo switch friend code so we can play animal crossing and visit each other's islands
0: Ooh, wonderful so there you go there's a big benefit <laughs> there may be very many animal crossing uh, fans that are listeners of the show and you can play with siri so that could be really cool and it's not only Siri, it's it's pretty much everyone that you've ever heard on this podcast. It's hundreds, maybe even a thousand or so porn stars, and, and additionally, uh, others, uh, adult uh, people as well, adult industry people as well. So you can do that if you're a fan of the show, you want to get to know your favorite adult star. Ginger Lynn was on the show last year telling us that most of the people that contact her on there don't even want to get dirty pictures, they just want to ask her questions about what it was like being in the industry or her, her what it was like being engaged to Charlie Sheen or all the stuff in her life. So many of them. Christy Canyon is on uh, is on her. Courtney Taylor. Christina Rose. Yes, Christina Rose. Uh, just about everybody that's been on the podcast. And by the way, if you are a performer who... Uh, who listens to the podcast and you're not already on Sex Panther what are you doing? Get in there, get on (laughs) there so that you can establish relationships and really get to know your fans because you're going to get fans for life and fans, you're going to get new friends for life so this is a real win-win for both the fans and the performers support your favorite performer today go to sextpanther.com s-e-x-t-p-a-n-t-h-e-r.com and in the case of Siri that's just going to be slash Siri is that right? yep there you go. So go to sexpanther.com today and get to know Siri the porn star. All right, well let's get back to it. So you you made your comeback recently. What is the difference between the industry today and the industry before you retired?
1: Um oh, it's vastly different and from my perspective and almost exclusively good ways but the ability for individual performers to make a living um just through direct fan interaction so on platforms such as Sex Panther you know which there were similar things that existed before I retired but it, they weren't it's like i guess it was that the fan bases uh, like each performer's individual fan base hadn't really had time to build trust with those platforms sure cuz i remember so the snapchat like private snapchat access was starting to become a thing in right before i left in like 2014 but there were companies that were trying to do this and they were constantly getting sued by snapchat or like shut down and now we have fancentro which is still like operating in a gray area as far as like technically you're not supposed to sell access to right. view someone's snapchat but like also everyone does it and Snapchat probably wouldn't even be afloat still if it weren't for the concept of like private snap girls being out there. Right. and and every
0: few months (laughs) you see these adult industry websites or adult industry quote unquote experts saying Snapchat is rounding up all the people and canceling all their accounts. And then it never happens. So the adult industry websites are like the, the, um, um, the conspiracy websites of the mainstream world, where they promise you that uh, uh, the government is buying up all the ammo, so you have to get your ammo today. They're like the
1: info wars of,
0: of <laughs> yeah, porn. exactly.
1: I did have one Snapchat account shut down, but it was only because. So I only do private Snapchat now. Like no one, no one sees my Snapchat unless they go through my fan central profile and like they subscribe to it. I don't do a public free Snapchat for the literally. It was not even 24 hours. I did make a free, like a public account. I advertised the username. So a bunch of people started adding me on there. And I was just, you know, the point was to use it as promo for the paid account. But I only had that Snapchat account for about 14 hours and it got deleted. (laughs) And clearly, it, it was very clear to me that the reason was because Snapchat has got some sort of tracker in place. Where if you have just a massive uptick in friend requests in a short amount of time, they just assume that you're like a spam account and they delete you.
0: Yeah, no, that could be. There's all kinds of – Because it was just like – There's an, just rules yeah. and you know ways you got to do these things. My favorite yeah. rumor, by the way, is that like a, a few months ago, Twitter announced their annual uh, terms of service new agreements for everybody to click on, which they do right. every single year. And then like I was reading from these, again, quote-unquote experts on Twitter who were saying, oh, I've seen the code. I've seen it in there that now they're going to – Eliminate all adults out of Twitter. So, you guys need to, to make, you know, get a new account ready for when, when your Twitter account gets, gets taken away from you.
1: Like backup Twitter accounts the way everyone has a backup Instagram. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Because you're not going to be allowed, you know, and it's like, no, I mean, I read the terms of service. They really, Twitter has one of the easiest terms to read. It's pretty simple. They're telling you don't put any nudity in your uh, banner and your header and in your icon or your uh, avatar. And other than that you can do what you want but they're they're going to shadow ban you and and take you out of searches. I think they're cleaning up yeah. searches and stuff like that. But that doesn't mean they're going to take away your Twitter. That's just not in their rules anywhere.
1: Yeah, that's that sounds about right. And I th- I think I've been shadow banned for a, like at one point, but I don't know if I am anymore on Twitter. I'm definitely shadow banned on like Instagram, but
0: yeah, Who's not? Who's not? I mean, I'm shadow banned <laughs> on everything. It's what I do for a living. I'm not going to change stop putting up um you know, my graphic advertisements, it's my main source of traffic, so no. Right. I'm happy to be shadow banned, whatever. You, you know, I mean, the, the number of uh, of subscribers is never meant as much as people think it does on those anyway, because having 20,000 subscribers who, who actually are a fan of your genre is more important than having 100,000 subscribers that you bought that are, you know, 95,000 bots, whatever. Which is not oh, yeah. I'm not talking Absolutely. about your accounts. I, I don't uh, suspect that. But of course your genre is boobs and mm-hmm. you did you did make a change in between your retirements, I believe. Can you talk about that here? You had a boob reduction.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I had breast reduction surgery three years ago when I was still, you know, very much retired. Um and people ask me now all the time, like, Well, don't you do you regret it? And no, no, I don't. Like it's something that I honestly wanted to do since I was a teenager, before I did porn, even during, you know, Siri 1.0 will refer to me pre-boob reduction. Uh, So even back then, I was like, man, if I could do that, I would totally do it in a heartbeat. You know, it didn't make a difference that like, I'm branded as like a big boob performer. Um, For the record, even after having the reduction surgery, I went from having like a H cup to now a Depending on what bra, what brand I'm wearing, I'm like a triple D or quadruple D, which is technically a G. Yeah. So. Well, there you go. We I mean, yeah. still have big boobs, and yeah, they just went from like humongous, like cartoonishly big, to like big, but in my personal opinion, um, a little more proportionate to the rest of my body. Your your fans aren't complaining.
0: I'm sure you have some people who who complain, but the – Yeah, there's always going to be those. There's always going to be those. I think your comeback is going very well so far, all the feedback. Now, we shot a scene of you. I think it was your second scene that you made in your comeback, and Mm -hmm. we've got nothing but uh, great feedback. People saying, I can't believe she's back. This is wonderful. Shoot her again. Shoot her again. Shoot her again. So I don't think anybody is (laughs) saying out there that, well – uh, there's, you know, she's just not the same. She's not a G-cup. She's only a, a quasi-G-cup. So I think you're okay there. But, but can yeah. you explain to people the hardship of carrying around breasts that big?
1: <laughs> um, Just constant, constant for me. So a lot of people think back pain. That's true for a lot of women. But just the way my body's structured, like, I have a Strong back, strong hips. What I don't have are um, naturally strong shoulders. I have pretty narrow shoulders. And so all of the stress of carrying around these gigantic heavy boobs went right into my shoulders. And even post reduction surgery, like the pain is reduced a lot, but I still have like these, like some weird. Like, issues with, like, my subscap and, like, my left shoulder. So, like, there's stuff going on that I, it's it started because of the boobs originally, and I will deal with it to some degree for probably my whole life. But that's specifically why, like, I wanted to get it done. And it's also why my, like, health insurance covered the surgery, because after doing all the evaluations and everything, they were like, yeah, this is actually, like, medically necessary to do this, because it will prevent all these other problems in the future. That's good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So yeah. it made a lot of sense for you to do it. And I hope people understand that, uh, you know, all of the big boo performers that you see, uh, they start going through hardships. And a lot of them end up uh, addicted to painkillers as a result. And, and I always sort of caution fans as you ask your favorite performer to do things uh, that you like to see that can be dangerous for her, try to keep that in mind. I mean, you know, it's funny because this show is sort of a porn and wrestling show i'm sort of alternating right now between porn stars and wrestlers and <laughs> yeah same problem in their industry the fans want them the wrestlers to dive off the top of buildings yeah. and wrestlers tend to die and be, you know at, at age 43 or something in a lot of cases yeah and, and it's like hey yeah, your it's fan, so you don't want your favorite wrestler to to end up with these problems later in life these
1: cognitive disorders dude well, I'm pretty good friends with Mick Foley, and, like, this is something that I've talked to him a lot about, because he's suffered so much physically for everything that he did in his career, and I can't believe that at his age, I think he's, like, 52 now, he still, he still travels, he still tours. Obviously not now, because uh, everyone's on lockdown, but, like, he still does his, like, comedy show tours. Yeah. Um, He travels, I don't even know how many days a year, but a ton, and, like... You know, he has he has some, like, memory loss. He had to have, like, his knees replaced. Like, God, he's been through so much. Like, it's he's s- sacrificed way more than just his, like, two front teeth. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, of course, yeah. that's what people think of when they think of Mick Foley, so.
0: <laughs> I think part of his ear, too, if I remember correctly.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Somewhere <laughs> on the internet, I got it somewhere, is a picture of me and Christy Canyon and... Um, and Mick Foley from one of his comedy shows, that's and it's great. funny because I'm a small person, and Mick uh, is a deceptively large person. You, you know, he's, when it's it's actually, always because he's standing next to when you see him on TV, he's standing next to Triple H and The Rock, who are both like six five or so, and
1: so Mick so doesn't true. look that
0: huge, but he's a big, huge guy.
1: Yes, he's a broad guy. He's not short. Um, I don't know how tall he is. I, I want to say he's like he's probably just under six feet he might be like five eleven, but like he's just a big dude
0: yeah i think he's probably yeah. a little over six feet but uh you know i don't know these guys know, they i'm looking
1: were, it up now right, we're
0: googling this yeah
1: i should know i'm i'm one of those like because i'm tall enough like i'm 5 9 yeah so i don't have a good oh no i'm totally off he's 6 2 yeah no there he's like yeah. he's tall tall yeah he used to be 6 3
0: uh is that right wow yeah, it
1: literally so says like literally he used cost to be an inch.
0: Damn. You
1: know, yeah, which well, it's, yeah, that's the, the
0: whole thing. Yeah. So like, I've now I've done some work for Impact Wrestling recently. Uh, I've done some uh, like a skit. I was on their show. You get you see you see me next to all these wrestlers, and I just I realize how tiny I am. <laughs> when it life is all about perspective, <laughs> right? But like, damn, my brother sent me a thing the other day saying either you are tiny or these wrestlers are humongous, and I was like, yeah, I'm tiny. That's what
1: it is <laughs> <laughs> well, both both can be true <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I got it
0: where it counts, all right, so there you go, so, um all right, so let's talk about going to sets. I always think it's fun to ask about like your worst experience and your best experience. Let's start with your best uh you know what before you retired the first time around, what was the best most fun you had on sets?
1: um, ooh. Okay, I've got to like dig back in my archive. I would say the most fun I had set on set um, before I retired was—I want to say it was when I worked with New Sensations because I used to work with um, Jackie St. James. She's directing for Belasco Films now. Um, And I think some other companies as well, maybe Sweet Center. But she used to direct for New Sensations. um, And her husband was the photographer and videographer for most of her scenes. And, like, we just got along super well. So I always had a great time on set for those. But one of the reasons I really liked working for her, and it was always, like, one of the most fun days for me, is because her scripts had a lot of voiceover in them. Yeah. And I love doing, like, voiceover stuff. No, And there's one scene in particular that is still to this day like the number one scene that fans message me saying like, this is my favorite ever. And it's a scene where I fuck my stepdad (laughs) back when I had like the cherry red, like unnaturally red hair. Yeah. Um, And the opening is like we're like playing pool and like he's staring at my boobs and like I start (laughs) to seduce him. So it's this taboo family, you know, stepdad fucking scene. But half of the intro is like it's just 100 percent a voiceover. And it feels like you're watching like a weird sitcom. Like it's just really well done, and it was super, super fun to make. So that's definitely like my my favorite pre retirement scene.
0: Yeah, that's good. See, that's, that's a role you get to sort of sink your claws into and really, you, you know, play a role yeah. instead of just doing something physical. physical yeah, was really cool. Right. Uh, we did a fun one with you. I remember, you know, I mean, we shot you several times, but the one that sticks out in my mind is the cuckold scene that we did. So yeah, I think it was like. You came home to your husband and you go, hey, great news. I, I met a friend of yours in the grocery store today. I just, you know, what a <laughs> thing. It turns out he went to the same high school as you and graduated the same year and I invited him to dinner tonight. And then your husband, oh my God. <laughs> Marcelo, is like, oh, no, not that guy. He's like my worst nightmare. He was he was my bully. He beat me up every day in high school. And you're like, well, I'm sure things have changed since then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember this exactly. <laughs> obviously you know i end up fucking the bully and the (laughs) cuck husband has to watch so (laughs) like on top of him i think
0: we laid him out on a mattress and then you guys like fucked right on top of the cuckold husband and but it's great because we actually did some improv acting we had like a dinner with the three of you where Mm -hmm. you're like he's saying mean things about your husband while you're fondling him and like jerking him off under the table or something like that
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, for anyone listening who might feel concerned, Marcello loved every second of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all,
0: look, all my videos are intended for people who enjoy being abused. Um, I have always felt like that's a big line for me, is that I, I don't want to make videos for rapists. I want to make videos for rapies, for people who enjoy fantasy rape. <laughs> that's
1: that's a really good clarification and like a just a way to lay it out yeah yeah yeah, you know it's not
0: sadistic people but but the other way around and you know like i've really i don't know like if see this is one of the things you talk about how you make these statements and then you change all the time depending on when you ask me what i'm excited about doing is always interesting like you know sometimes i'm like yeah from now on i'm only making cuckold videos and then you know, like lately, I've decided uh, we shot a cuckold scene a few weeks ago, and it's like, all right, that's it. No more cuckold. I'm done with cuckold. Now I'm going to film female rape videos where females rape men, mostly me. And I'm like, uh, you know, because that's what I want. I like these. They're more fun to do than making these cuckold videos. So, but then I'll go do make. You know, I'll probably make my next female rape video, which I call those. I think either Glenn King's Man Eaters or When Porn Stars Attack. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I think you've been in one of those. <laughs> Uh, but I feel
1: you know, like I, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I was in Man Eaters, wasn't I? Yeah, what? I think you're
0: in Good yeah, King's Man Eaters. Uh, yeah, just looking through the website to see, but probably. But but I mean, so yeah, that's what I want to make next. Although maybe Cock Queen next. It's like everything changes for me constantly. But uh, but yeah, the, the that's the idea of making a video for somebody uh, in that audience. There's so many guys out there like Marcelo who fantasize about having somebody be mean to them or degrade them or abuse them but that doesn't mean they want that in real life it's fantasy right and that's what we do well what about when you came back so how many scenes have you done now uh, in your comeback
1: um one two three uh i want to say it's like six professionally oh, okay it's, so it's actually not that many um since january but i you know i ironically, like if we weren't all dealing with this global pandemic, I would currently be in LA and having shot about five more scenes this week. Mm, um, and yeah. then I have a trip planned mid April that I'm guessing at this point is probably not going to happen either. Um, Cause it does not look like we're going to be to that level of normalcy. No, um, we're, not the on the,
0: we're not on the upswing. We're not, we're not on the improvement area yet. The number of deaths is not going down. Yeah. So the, for people drugs. out there, <laughs> basically our entire industry is shut down right now. Uh, we cannot make any new content that involves contact between performers. I mean we could. There's nothing that really stops us, but by voluntary agreement, the entire industry is shut down. And this has to yeah, be frustrating for, for you, Siri, who would like to be out there shooting, just like myself oh, yeah. who would like to be out there shooting.
1: Yeah, it's and I, you know, I don't live in L.A. or Vegas, which is where most performers live, where most studios are based. So for me, you know, I the only time I shoot uh, paid paid work, meaning not my own content production for my own like OnlyFans and and that stuff, but the only time I shoot those paid scenes is when I organize a trip out there, um, and and it's hard to especially flying from Eastern to Pacific time. It's like a whole full day of travel on either end. So it's kind of a pain in the ass. Um, so And, like, yeah, I'll probably end up moving back out there at some point, but it's not, like, the highest priority. So, so for me, it's really just a game of, like, trying to plan this out and balance out, like, how can I do all the work I want to do and am being offered in, like, L.A. and stuff without, like, flying out there constantly? <laughs> right. I'm like, if I'm being successful and, and managing my time well, if I can manage like one week out of the month in LA and Vegas yeah, that makes and sense. sustain like a good rate of work that way, but not like totally exhaust myself.
0: Yeah. No, that, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, with and the, the not exhaust yourself part is so important. And I think this is something fans don't always understand when a performer gets booked 20 days in a row, a lot of times her, her, um, her, vag- her parts are hurting.
1: Oh my God! Are you could, yeah. I so before my retirement, this is actually a huge difference from then to now. Before I retired, I was very strict about not ever booking two boy-girl scenes, meaning you know, penetration scenes back to back. Like I would not yeah. do two boy-girl scenes two days in a row. Smart. I can do it now, um, and I think the only reason is because my my partner now, like like a real life partner, has a He's very well endowed and I'm just used to having sex with someone consistently who has a bigger penis. Whereas back then I was not. So it was like such a shock to my system to like these dudes that they're big porn dicks. Like, just railing me and then i wake up the next day and i'm like oh shit i gotta do it again and I'm like i'm excited about it but then my body's like no right give me a break and,
0: and it's so. mentally it, it mentally wears the the talent down and you know you guys when yeah. you see your favorite performer on twitter saying suicidal things or saying all these crazy things about how suddenly she hates everybody in the world. Well, that's what happens when you work twenty days in a row, and and guys are railing you because that's the style of sex that happens in a lot of mainstream porn. Is that the guys are just doing it with intent to to uh, maim and murder the way that they they pound on girls. So be careful yeah. when you're wishing your favorite performer would would do more <gasps> intense scenes.
1: Yeah, I like. There's a place for that, and I enjoy all different types of fucking. Like I do really like I, I enjoy being. Dominant and submissive during sex. I like all different levels of intensity. But in my opinion, what marks like a great male performer is having different levels of intensity that they can switch between. And it's not always just this like, ah, like, you know, borderline assault because it's just so fucking intense. It's like on a level level 11 all the time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the best guys that I work with, that I love working with, and have great chemistry with, don't approach it that way. And who are those they guys? Know. Um, so I would say a huge one is Kieran Lee. Yeah. Like I didn't work with him a lot pre-retirement because he was, you know, co- a contract performer with Brazzers, and like Brazzers did not hire me a lot back then. But since coming back, like he's been a huge help to me, like because he's a, a producer director for them now. Yeah. Um, so I. I worked with him in one of my scenes. It was a threesome with him and Angela White. And he's just super cool and, like, really chill. And he's just really sweet, like, behind the scenes. So he's just great to work with. And he's very specific about asking what I like and don't like, you know, and respecting that while we're filming. Um, another one is his newer, Robbie Echo. It just I started calling him my porn husband, like, the moment we met. Yeah. <laughs> You know how people joke that they have like, oh, my – my!" like people who work in boring offices and stuff. This is my work wife or this is my work husband. Right. So, yeah, I I don't care if he doesn't consent to it. I'm calling Robbie Echo my porn husband.
0: <laughs> Congratulations, Robbie. And
1: uh, I don't care who knows.
0: <laughs> Good.
1: He's just super fun to be around um, and very skilled um, and very sensual, you know. So I would put him definitely in that category. Like if I if I tell him, if we – because we've had sex multiple times by now. If I tell him, like, just really fucking give it to me, he absolutely will. And he's super strong. So he can get a lot done. But also if I'm like, you know, slow down or or whatever, like pace change, like he's he can be incredibly like I would say almost romantic kind of. Yeah, not necessarily always into the romantic stuff, but but sometimes it's a nice change of pace for sure.
0: Right. Good to have. All right. Well, we got to sort of wrap this up because there's sort of a rule of podcasting. If you go over an hour, people look at it as too intimidating to download and listen to. <laughs> so um, talk, talk about – What does your... that
1: say about me? I listen to a lot of podcasts that go over an hour.
0: <laughs> Do you just – are you like a marathon podcaster listener?
1: Uh, no. So I listen to a lot of like true crime podcasts and a okay. lot of the time they go longer than that or like serial type type things. So I think it's just that I I just enjoy things in longer formats in general. Okay. So that's probably that's good. <laughs>
0: the the you know the market these days has short attention span, but that's just the whole world. Um although maybe now that everybody's locked in their homes for uh pandemic lockdown, we can um yeah. make longer podcasts. But Yeah. Um, all right, we'll talk about the <laughs> the content that you're making now. What's on your OnlyFans? You got an OnlyFans page, right? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah, I got an OnlyFans I mean my primary things are OnlyFans and many vids. I also have a private Snapchat. Um so on my I also do like Model Hub, you know, porn, porn hubs, sales side with verified models. Um, and you can find all that stuff if you just go to hey Siri.xyz. That's kind of my virtual business card. It has links to every single thing that I do on it.
0: Okay. I'm going to hey right and now.
1: My phone just said hello because I said hey Siri. <laughs> all right. <laughs> shh, shh. Not talking to you. Um, yeah, so most of my personal content has, like, that I've been working on for the past six months has been a lot of solo stuff. And I've just started to add in content with other performers. So I've got scenes like with Robbie Echo, for example. There's an awesome one that we did that was like totally impromptu. So during AVN week, there was this BDSM party that I wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, so I brought a friend with me, go to this BDSM party. It was hosted by the... Um, male porn star, um, Michael Vegas and his partner, Susie Q. Like they're the ones who invited me to it. So I get there and I was like, cool. I'm going to hang out with my friends that I like, I haven't seen for years because I've been retired for so long. And I go there and within 10 minutes or so, I met, this is the night that I met Robbie echo and why I knew that. I was like, I love working with this person Uh because we, first of all, BDSM party. So like, it's kind of an area where people are allowed to get naked (laughs) and the, you know there were like bdsm shows going on on this stage like in the downstairs area but within a couple minutes of meeting robbie echo and i start making out and then we start having sex and then just like my friend that came with me started filming it so i ended up getting a scene out of just going to this nightclub totally did not fucking plan it and also i had never met robbie before that night
0: did you fuck him <laughs> in the club or yes. uh... yeah <laughs> okay like,
1: We were, we had sex for like two hours straight. I'm really not kidding. And it was to the degree that people like you can see in the background of the video, like at one point someone walks into the frame and they go, they're still doing this. And then they walk out (laughs) (laughs) like at that point they were just bored. (laughs) 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 Oh, but (laughs) so like, there's some really good shit like that, that I've made in my own content. Um, And I've started filming some POV stuff with my boyfriend, like at home. Um, which is super cool that he's even into it and, like, you know, okay with, with that because a lot of civilian people would uh not be comfortable uh, with theory. is the form.
0: future. Like, at some point, I think we're going to be filming uh, virtual reality stuff, uh, and it's just the, the male talent from voyeur mode will be kind of rare. It'll all be stuff where you get to be the boyfriend and you walk up and, you know, start having yeah. sex with somebody. I love virtual mm-hmm. reality. But, yeah, so you're filming a lot of that. By the way, people, um, I'm looking at her OnlyFans right now. The complaint I get from people about the performers' OnlyFans is that they're not putting up consistent content. Uh, But Siri put an update on March 27th, another update on March 27th, an update on March 26th, an update on March 25th, an update on March 24th, 24th, 23rd. So you get the picture. She's updating every single day.
1: Yeah, I am. (laughs) I put stuff up there all day, like – I DM, I do kind of follow the common formula, the the way that most people approach OnlyFans um, is putting, you know, shorter clips into the feed, um, photo sets in my feed. I do put some full-length stuff in my feed as well, but anything that's like a full-length scene that I, you know, created with other talent, like, that's something that I'll DM directly to people on demand. Um, And then they're still getting a huge savings, though, because, for example, if... If I'm selling a clip for fifteen dollars on minivids, then when I DM someone that clip through my OnlyFans because they're already subscribing to my OnlyFans, they're getting it for like fifty percent less.
0: Yeah, I do the exact same thing on mine. Yeah. It costs three yeah. dollars and ninety-nine cents to join my Mean Bitches OnlyFans. But um, you know, you're gonna be getting shorter clips and whatever's, but the very same things that I put on minivids for $14.99 are available mm-hmm. for $7.99 in on my only fans page yeah so and, and not that's only that cool, but I we get to respond. meet these people yeah yeah that's yeah. The, what i really love about it is i get to talk to these guys
1: yeah absolutely i will read and respond to dms like people can you know like i've got one fan i can't find him in there right now but i have one fan who sends me like every single day he finds a new like image like themed image of the day and he like sends me a photo and I mean sometimes they're just like stock photos but I'm just like where did you find this like (laughs) different kinds of flowers and stuff every fucking day he's been on this for like months like six months and he hasn't missed a single day and every single morning it's like hello siri happy monday and he sends me like a a little like digital greeting card thing and it's it's just adorable you know (laughs) that is very nice that's good yeah
0: um all right, so everybody go join her OnlyFans and again go to uh what was
1: it, Siri.xyz, I think you said or was Hey the, Siri.xyz. Okay, so I'm so ahead. sorry, everyone listening's phones just went yeah. off. <laughs> so go ahead like and
0: no. to do that again. Hey Siri.xyz. Go check out all of her stuff, check out all of her content. Um it's all good stuff. Uh and I, I guys you can stop DMing me with these things. I hear you. I get why you're angry at so many of the performers. You join their only fans for $4 and you expect to get $4 worth. And instead, you know in a lot of cases you're finding that you're getting $0 worth and you're only getting invitations to spend more money. Um there's nothing I can do about that other than tell you go check out Siri's OnlyFans and go check out my OnlyFans (laughs) where we do give you at least your $4 worth of value or whatever it costs to join in the first place along with um, some great opportunities to save money. Last question for you Uh, we do have a uh, a Mature Audiences Mayhem DeLorean that I work on constantly that helps people (laughs) go back in time. It's got to go over 55 miles an hour. If you could go back to 2012 uh, since you are now Siri 2.0 oh. Yeah. And visit Siri 1.0 and give her some advice. What would that advice be?
1: I – okay. So truly, truly, um, my top piece of advice to her would be just get a last name. <laughs> yes. Yes. It would make search so engine optimization a I, lot easier. Yes mistake yeah
0: perform that would be- performers it is a you if you're out there thinking about it, getting in the adult film industry and you're trying to choose your name do not choose a one name thing it's not going to work you need two names it-
1: i'll say like it doesn't really hurt me much but i mean really truly if i try to google myself for anything i have to google series space porn space star otherwise you do not find any. Right. Like if-, if i had you know a Bella danger doesn't have to fucking do that because there's no one else named that yeah. <laughs> yep um so, yeah, I've toyed around with the idea of having, like, now rebranding with a last name, but it just seems like such a huge task that I'm not really up for. But, you know, whatever. It's <laughs> I go through stuff like that every day. <laughs>
0: you know, like, yeah, you know, what? I should do this project, but uh, I'm just not up for the work that goes along with it. I have uh, yeah. 1,700 scenes on my website. Like, everything that I want to do that involves revamping it just involves
1: too mm-hmm. much work.
0: But yeah, so that's good advice. Any other advice for Siri One.
1: Um, just you do you. Don't don't listen to the haters. I know it sounds like pretty standard like stock like rando advice, but truly, like, it's a lot easier now because because we have these platforms where like I can see who's subscribing to my OnlyFans, you know? And I'm not saying like that I care if my fans spend like thousands of dollars on buying my content, that's not really a point to me. If someone wants to spend a ton of money buying all my content, like, please be my guest. But there's a huge difference between a fan, like, you know, kind of having, being like the armchair critic, you know? So, for example, I can tell when fans are paying fans who consume my work in, like, valid forms, meaning not just finding, like, stolen stuff online or, like, torrents of... The thing that pisses me off more than anything is finding a torrent of my self-created content as yeah. opposed to, you know, a torrent of a scene for, made by a company that hired me, which is still really irritating. But it, it's a little more violating when it's something I made myself because yeah, <laughs> I go. edited it that happened. scene myself, know, you know, I know. like just- I paid the talent. Yes. With my own money, yes. So I'm like, oh no, this It's like, really day. stealing from me. It is though. It's yeah. So you know how it feels, and you're just like, no.
0: <laughs> well, I look at it the other so- way around though. Like I spend an hour every morning, usually uh, DMCAing my stuff down, yeah. and but I'm only getting a fraction of what's out there. But it sure does give me joy to get stuff taken down.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. So I I have a you know um my former webmasters. I still partner with them for DMCA stuff. So I'll send them that info. Like it gets taken down and I feel a lot better about it. But I, that was kind of an aside. What I was trying to just get at is it's, it's nuts that like now because of these platforms giving me so much more closeness with my fans that I have such a better idea of who my fans are, like what my fan base is like. Whereas back then I didn't really have a great idea. It was just kind of less like thing I could imagine, You know, but didn't really concretely know because I wasn't able to like DM with them. Yeah, 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 because there was just no effective way. But even for folks who are like, "Uh, you know, what's the point in joining this OnlyFans? Like, I would say even if you don't get a ton of content out of a girl's OnlyFans for like four bucks or whatever, if you're able to DM her and she responds, that's fucking worth four dollars. Like, if you realize how busy we are every fucking day, especially since social isolation began because everyone's at home like my only fans dms have been just nuts like almost unmanageable like every day i wake up and i have like a hundred unread dms and every single one of them has a specific request for something in it
0: <laughs>
1: yeah no <laughs> so it's, that's the day every day i just a, i'm like all it's right a different
0: world than it was <laughs> th- you know 30 years ago uh you know where we, you just you couldn't have any way of contacting your favorite porn yeah. star so things have yeah. changed all right. Well, uh, there you go, everybody. Siri is at, again, Hey Siri.xyz. Sorry about what we just did to your phone. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Siri, for coming on today. Thank you. If you have joined the show today just for the purpose of, of uh, hearing Siri and you're not a subscriber, we would ask that you please subscribe. See, if you look at Siri's podcast, she has 88 reviews or 88 yeah. ratings on there. Mm-hmm. I only have 15 ratings for Mature Audiences Mayhem. So I need my audience to step up your game a little bit. We need you to subscribe. We need you to hit the five-star button. And then we need you to maybe even post up a little review saying how much you either love or hate uh, the podcast. Either one is fine. So,
1: How about um, I challenge your listeners to leave a review? Thank- I will tempt them to leave a review. Challenge. Like, so that means that you have to do it and then
0: notify Siri that you did it.
1: Yeah. Leave a review, mention my name in it, like because it's this episode, right? So if you mention like oh I love that episode with Siri in it, and you send me a screenshot or like tweet at me with a screenshot or send it to Glenn. I don't know. We'll find a way. Yeah. But if I'll get I it to her. that you posted that review and it got published on the iTunes review thing, I will give you I'll send personally I will send you a link to a free week of my only fans
0: wow that is very generous of you siri very nice thank Those you so reviews much are important yeah yeah <laughs> i love it that's why i love um getting these reviews and, and i appreciate everybody out there i love our, our podcast audience i love the people that contact me and say they heard the podcast and and i love our only fans people too so yeah it's all great so anyway anyway thank you again for listening everybody this has been another great episode of mature audiences mayhem